Hello, everybody. Welcome back to FTS Inside the Tank. Owen Smith, Matthew Warner, uh, a big football weekend in the past. In the rear view, we're heading into an even bigger uh, NFL weekend with the wild card, super wild card weekend, games ranging from Saturday to Monday. Uh, we, we did delay the podcast a little bit. Different family things going on. The national championship on uh, Monday evening, uh, which, you know, clearly have to recap that. So um, a lot to get to today. It's kind of going to be a hybrid of what we used to do, which was preview upcoming games and then also react to uh, what, what we've been doing most recently is reacting more. Um, so be a little bit of a hybrid approach, but hey, maybe this is what we find that we like. But uh, either way, Matt, how are you doing? I think I'm doing as good as I can do given the circumstances of the college football playoff finale. <laughs> um, you know, this is like the nightmare come true for Buckeye fans. Michigan knocks off Washington, uh, secures their first uh, national championship since I think World War One. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was a dominant performance from them. Um, and it felt like from the first snap of that game that it was Michigan's game to, to win. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing as good as I can given those facts. Um, you'd mentioned, obviously we've got a great weekend of NFL football. Um, and my, my Browns have a chance to get me in a little bit better spirits, but, uh, I, I think we started off, on the college football note, um, tell me how you're feeling. Uh, you know, ha- having to watch that for me was really tough. Yeah. Um, you know, it it's one of those where I, I, I'm almost to the point where I wish I would have just not watched it all and just right. went to bed and woke up with the result. Yeah. Uh, but ha- how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm not uh, not feeling great. I mean, I think that we'll, we'll get to some Buckeye stuff in a little bit. Um, but if you listen to last week's episode, I mean, it, we were like in shambles. Like we, we didn't know what to do about the Buckeye program. It was like the darkest that we had felt. And it's like, well, there's only one thing that can make this worse. It, 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 your rival could go win the national championship after years of not winning and, you know, years of, Ohio State being the, the dominant Big Ten program, dominating the rivalry, so on and so forth. Um, so, yeah, not not fun. Um, I actually had a weird national championship um, experience a little bit, um, and, and I learned that Michigan won. I did not watch Michigan win because I fell asleep probably in the fourth quarter. Now I had a feeling that things were going in that direction, but I kind of unexpectedly fell asleep. One of those, like, oh, I didn't, I was not planning on it. I was fully planning on uh, watching this entire game. I wake up, open the ESPN app, and a banner pops up Michigan 2024. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's the worst notification I've ever seen in my life. Um, so again, it was expected with how that game was going. Washington just didn't seem like they were ever going to get anything figured out. They're running back. I think, as you said, in one of our group chats was running on one leg the entire game and um, just, yeah, just wasn't, wasn't in the cards for them. And it's just, I'm, I'm giving Michigan the credit that it, that they do deserve for being the national champions and winning, you know, winning everything post allegations so clearly like things were tightened up Connor Stallion's not on the staff whatever uh but it's just so wild so wild that the biggest scandal in college football still results in an in this year I should say still results in a national championship within that same season regardless of this gets vacated or not you can't deny that they won the national championship for for now so um yeah not 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 a great feeling I'll say that yeah, that that was one of the frustrating things too. Like obviously on Twitter I follow a ton of Buckeye fans and it felt like we were in like Loserville. Yes. Like the amount of people that I saw that were like congrats on like your championship, like it's going to get vacated. It's like man, like I don't care. Like I no. it, like I mean I I care that they cheated, but like that team wasn't cheating in the national championship game. Nope. They whooped Ohio State's ass without their head coach. They 
beat up on Alabama and, and Nick Saban, and then they just went and beat up on like they're the national champions. If it if it comes back and it gets vacated, like I'm not going to be the one that's like, haha, like you don't like no, they won a national championship. It sucks. It's the reality we live in. Um, I hope it is a good wake up call for uh, obviously for Ohio State. Um, there's also things to consider with this Michigan team. Like they're losing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about like JJ McCarthy possibly returning? The guy wasn't exactly lighting up the field. Like one of, <laughs> ten, one of the completions. Odd, one of the odd things about this game that like I kept on going back to. It's like it was the most dominating non-dominant performance I've ever seen. Their defense was just so fundamentally sound and it felt like nothing easy came to Washington at any point aside from the one very controversial holding call. Yeah. Um, And then like you saw a guy like Michael Penix who played just a lights out game against Texas. It felt like every ball he threw was perfectly placed, dropped in a basket, and he didn't make those exact same throws in tightly contested, you know, quarters. And it was you just kept watching the game and it's like, okay, Washington has a chance. They got to go down and score. Mm-hmm. Okay, they didn't do it. They, their defense would go get a big stop. Okay, Washington has like and it, you just kept on it's it's what Michigan does so well where they just continue to press and press and press and wear you down until eventually you break. Um, and and I, I've seen a lot of people kind of talking about this, but like the style of football that they played isn't very present in today's college football landscape. So no. for them to win playing that kind of football um, was like, you have to give credit where credit's due. Um, it's just a, a tough bunch of guys um, and yeah, it sucks, sucked to sit and watch. Now I know what they went through when we won a national championship <laughs> and what they felt like when we were whooping up on them for, for years and years. And we deserve all the, 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 the uh, the flack is guess what? Like the tides will turn as we saw with this and with them now on top, like it's, it is an ever-changing sport and an ever-changing rivalry and Ohio State will be back um, which kind of leads into that next piece like you said like last episode Buckeyes was possibly a low point for you and I as fans and it felt like the world was ending I come into this week and I'm like we're gonna be really damn good next year and like I've got more confidence going into this season that we beat Michigan than I did you know or I have more confidence next season that we go in and beat Michigan than I did coming into this season. Like I, I feel really yeah. good about next year's team. A lot of guys coming back. Um, but overall, like it's going to sting for a little while because they're going to hold that over our head until you get back on top. Um, so that, that's kind of where I, I left. I like Phoenix being as bad as he was, had to have just sucked as a Texas fan to sit and watch it and be like, yeah what the hell dude like yeah. <laughs> what, what, where is the guy that was like just throwing absolute dimes last week um it looked like he was playing hurt you mentioned like their running back was uh basically playing on one leg he looked like the you know looked like he couldn't cut at all um and their right tackle was hurt mentally in his head yeah <laughs> like he he had the yips as a right tackle where he was just ball starts holdings like just yeah. Couldn't make a block to save his life. So yeah. tough game for Washington um, and tough game for Buckeye fans to watch. Yeah, it was – I, of course, and, and I wrote a blog the day of about, like, what I was betting on and, and all of that. And it was just, like, clearly extremely biased. I called that out in the article because I was like, listen, I uh, there's not a world where I can yeah. uh, accept a, a Michigan national championship like or, or you know, even even – root for that in any way like i'm not i'm not a guy that's big 10 or bust or you know like if it's michigan it's michigan like i tried it the week prior like i so if you've heard me say this on the podcast or like if if you're close with me you know i do a thing called hedging happiness uh where like if michigan wins like i like i would bet michigan to to cover and if they don't i'm like well hell yeah like 
I'm fine losing money as long as, but if they do win, I make money. I did that against Alabama and I felt sick to my stomach afterwards. I was like, I don't even want this money. <laughs> I don't want it. Um, so I didn't do that this game. And uh, I, I'm happy I didn't do it because I would have felt disgusting placing that bet and it hitting. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, truthfully, I don't want to sit and talk about Michigan's national championship no, no. any longer. We can move on. Yeah. Um, we mentioned like Buckeyes night and day difference as fans um, feels like we are trending in a better direction as a program yeah. and the, the energy around the team feels so much different than what we saw out on the field against Missouri to kind of, wrap up the year so you want to kind of lead off on some of the things that have occurred well yeah i mean there's been um like you've mentioned already like some big names coming back so like that's kind of you know that's always good right that's always encouraging like to retain the roster especially when guys are not guaranteed to be day one you know they're not first round picks so with the way that nil is now um, able to retain a Denzel Burke, who maybe didn't get around one grade, able to retain Jack Sawyer, um, Tyleek Williams, like guys like that. So that's huge, right? To to yeah. have how dominant our defense was in 2023, um, to have a majority of that coming back and being not only just coming back, but being like the senior presence, hasn't be- beat Michigan, been through a lot. Um third year now under Jim Knowles, which is, you know, last year was a big improvement just being year two yeah. of Jim Knowles. Now you get, now you, you know, bring that into year three. Um, so, you know, clearly still lose a couple guys at like linebacker, but I would say that was our weak point anyway. So that's huge yeah. to be securing some of those internal commitments. Then you bring in a quarterback. Is it the most exciting thing? No, I mean, but does it have to be? I, I don't think so either. I mean, I think I mean that... a lot of people are saying he's basically Josh Allen. So <laughs> yeah. that's a yeah. lot of people. There's a yeah. lot of people saying that. So you you have uh you know Kansas State will will Johnson coming in to uh take over the wait what's his is his name Will Johnson <laughs> Will wait, Howard <laughs> Will Howard dude I'm yeah and Anyways, we are diehard Buckeye fans Duck, over here baby. I'm, <laughs> Oh, I think I'm just, yeah, long day. Anyways, uh, Will Howard coming in uh, as the quarterback and uh, excited for that one. Um, Again, there's, it's Kansas State's quarterback who maybe struggled with retaining the job um, at Kansas State, one-year guy. So, you know, temper expectations a little bit, but he, he has some of the things that we've been asking for. We've been asking for maybe more of a dual threat, a bigger guy, maybe uh you know able to 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 do more with his legs and, and all of that so got that brought in a huge running back target yeah which which i think you and i are both like that's awesome not sure if it was our exact like area of biggest need yeah but like to to get judkins from Ole Miss, who is phenomenal by all accounts probably one of the the number one rated running back in the transfer portal. Um, and you still have in the balance, like the possibility that Travion Henderson comes back. Yeah. Um, and, and like I've said it a couple of times, it kind of mirrors what I would consider maybe an upgraded Blake Corum and uh, Edwards like yeah. tandem. Um, not to, you know, knock those guys, obviously phenomenal, but it feels like it's a little bit of an updated uh, version of that. Right. Um, so that's super exciting. I, I know not a lot of people are thrilled or jumping for joy about this, but you pick up Alabama center who had the yips yeah. a little bit, <laughs> uh, but uh, a, a really solid, you know, three years on the interior line, 1800 snaps and one pressure. Like that is a massive upgrade. They, they want to complain about what they had. They didn't see what we had going on in Missouri, right? <laughs> right. Of like what what was to come for the next year. So, right, um, yeah, it's it just feels like the the vibes are changing, and then a couple coaching changes as well. Well, yeah, so you get rid of Eliano, which uh, was the safeties coach. Um, I think the biggest thing there was some of the recruiting misses that he that he had. Yep. 
Um, maybe just didn't transfer over well to Ohio State. It was more of a, I think his contract was over. It wasn't like they fired him. I think they just agreed. Yeah, I think it was just a parting, him. yeah, parting ways kind of thing. Um, but the biggest, not the biggest, but definitely the one that was called for the most, um, is Parker Fleming is now officially gone as of like 20 minutes ago. Um, as we're recording this. So you have Parker Fleming officially gone, special teams coordinator. Teams rarely, rarely ever have a special teams coordinator, like specifically. Um, and when they do, they don't have a ton of issues on special teams. And uh, for some reason, that was we had the perfect combination of a guy that solely was responsible for special teams on at least the external view uh, as as a fan and uh, you know reporters and whoever that covered the the team uh, last year were all like. He's just special teams, but the special team sucks. So yeah, um, so that's big because that not only is that big to like get rid of one of the problems and maybe transfer those responsibilities over. Seems like that would be more as an opening for a different hire rather than a rehire or a new person. Yeah. So yeah, I think you transfer those responsibilities to someone um, and simplify it a little bit. Like yeah. special teams should never be an issue if you're Ohio State. You have athletes everywhere. Um, and it felt like all year we were fundamentally unsound. Don't even know if that's a word. Couldn't <laughs> tell you. Sounds like it. Uh, and, Not and, fundamentally sound. I can tell you that. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and so like it was the one of the biggest glaring issues Ohio State faced all year. Like you go back and watch the game. And how many times we had the opportunity not to necessarily flip the field, but to not put our defense in a bad position and we would have a 30 yard punt that they <sighs> field. And, and now they've got a 60 yard field instead of a, you know, a 75, 80 yard field. Um, so it, it's, I'm happy to see that happening. It, it feels like Ryan day feels the pressure. Like he's working. It, like he, he, I think he understands the reality of his situation and he knew changes had to be made. Um, and, and this is going to be kind of a, a make or break year for him. Uh, one of the things I will say, big fan, all transfers so far that have come in and their transfer announcement is like priority number one. You beat the team up. Right. <laughs> to me, that is like that is a huge thing. It's and, and look, I'm not naive to the fact that Judkins probably got an unreal NIL deal to <laughs> to come be an Ohio State Buckeye. Right. But if you get that fact and and understand the mission, like that's half the battle. Um mm -hmm. so excited about that. Excited about Will Howard. Like I, I understand like you can pick it apart all you want, but I think the situation at quarterback is going to be better next year with him under center than it was with Kyle McCord. Yeah. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm more, I'm looking at it in more of a positive light. I'm looking forward to spring football um, and, and seeing some of these new guys uh, showcase their skills and, and what some of the updates to the offense and defensive side might look like. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just, I mean, it's been a, it's been dark clearly since, the the end of that you know as soon as Kyle McCord threw that pick from from that moment until probably I mean I would say Will Howard's commitment like it was just dark right like it was just you lost to Missouri it was just yeah. like painful like you you see you know and, and, and there's still argument for it to still be dark like yes you can add all these people but oh I still, still think lost. it's very much so yes dark. and, and Michigan just won a natty it's trending yes. in more of a positive way, but like you're not happy as Buckeye fans right now. No, but like, it gives you something to live. <laughs> it gives you <laughs> in your Buckeye yeah, life. Yeah. It gives you something yeah. to live for. Um, it gives you something to look forward to in the spring, the spring game. I'm sure attendance will, I mean, it's always a good uh, turnout. It seems to be there. Um, so it seems like, you know, spring game will, will have a lot of interest. And then, beginning of the season well i mean there's a lot of boring games but it'll be opportunities for that offense to gel a little bit that defense to just kind of you know get get their reps in uh clearly fill in with some of the the, the younger guys and potential yeah. transfer portal additions whatever 
Um, but it just gives you some hope. Uh, and like you said, sitting here today, I feel more confidence that we'll beat Michigan next year. Couldn't say that a week or a week and a half ago. So um, no. it's good. But but no, I, I think there's just a new mentality coming to Columbus. Um, definitely a, a do or die season, I think, for Ryan Day in a lot of ways. Um, and very happy with the additions so far. Um, I think that the big, I want to say the biggest thing, but the biggest thing probably remaining outside of a couple of the guys um, waiting to, you know, announce whether they're going to the draft or not, such as Trevion and Mecca. Um, and I mean, clearly Marv is going to the draft, but JT, I would say is. What are you talking about? On, I read on, on I read on one uh, message. Aggie's recruiting that, X. Yeah, that that Marvin's cousin told them at a family cookout that he's considering staying because LeBron's <laughs> paying him eighteen million under the table NIL dollars. You didn't read that same very <laughs> no, very yeah. legitimate report. Yeah, no, I uh, didn't see that one. I'm sure I saw others, but <laughs> but I mean, I would say Marv's like the only big name that's like going to the the draft, and then the for sure, and then the other. You know, Trevion, JT, um, and Mecca are like borderline potential. So we'll see about yeah. those. But they're they're definitely leaning towards, as far as uh, as far as everyone knows, leaning towards staying. So outside of that, Ryan Day is finally going to hand over play calling. I've heard it before. Like I, I've I've heard this before. I want to see it. Like I, that's I want to see it in action. You know, I. I I watched Washington's offense and found myself wondering, like, man, why don't we do more of these schemes where you've got four or five guys wide? Like, you've got a room full of ultra-talented wide receivers, and it feels like so often we were running, like, two wide receiver sets, 11 or um, three wide receiver sets, you know, one tight end, and it's like, man – when you've got athletes, especially when you're in the Big Ten and you know that you are going to be faster and more athletic than than some of these, you know, defenses you're facing, why wouldn't you want to spread it out? Like, um, so I'll, I'll be curious to see if there's updates and kind of the style of play, especially with Will Howard coming in and a, a different maybe opportunity to be creative and play calling. Um, it's a big challenge ahead because I do think you have to change quite a bit. You don't have the like secret weapon and Marvin Harrison anymore and you have a mobile quarterback. So like offensive line is going to have to adjust to having a mobile guy, having more like RPO type uh, play calling. So it'll be fun, I, but I, I'll believe it when I actually see it in practice and Ryan day, isn't the one calling every single play. Yeah. I think Just, the problem. La- so, you know, Herb street brought it up last year during the college football playoff. And I think the problem was, as they said, well, Brian Hartline is going to be extremely hard to keep around. We got to elevate this dude to offensive coordinator. And then it's like, well, he's never called plays before. And Ryan Day is like one of the best play callers out there. You know, historically, he was an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, whatever. Like he was an offensive genius, right? And he still is in a lot of ways. He just has a lot more responsibility being the head coach, especially the head coach that's lost three Michigan games in a row now. Right. Um, so last year it was kind of like, oh, Heartline's just not ready. I'm not ready to do it. Now the 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 thought is is that with one of the opening positions, most likely Parker Fleming's position being open for the offensive side, more importantly, um, the thought is is that maybe they they hire an experienced offensive coordinator that would fit what Ryan day wants, but would ultimately have the control um, right. on that. So not necessarily a young guy that's never done it before, but maybe a Dan Mullen, which is yeah. interesting. Um, but some other, you know, veteran presence um, have been, or, you know, names have been brought up. So I agree with you. I'll believe it when I see it, but I think that the results have, I think with how Ryan day is operating so far, um, when it comes to firing some coaches, when it comes or you know not renewing some coaches, being more aggressive in the portal um, here lately, um, I think I think that that will happen. It's just a matter of who that will be, um, and making sure that that's the right move there. But, anyways, yeah. uh, any other thoughts? I mean, of course, we'll we'll have more to talk about as things progress, and there may be again some more announcements and portal. Uh, portal additions and coaches hired and fired. Um, but any other thoughts on Buckeyes for for today? 
No, I, I don't think so. And, you know, it'll probably be the last we like really harp on it, especially in these episodes. And as we wind down football season going into, you know, playoff football uh, will probably be the pretty heavy focus. But um, I, I think you and I both have a goal of at least trying to be moderately active with, you know, blogging around uh, the Buckeyes. So, you know, if you're yeah. if you're tuning in, big fan of the Buckeyes um, and, and want to keep up with those things. I know that's going to be a goal of mine, um, and I, I think you kind of sharing that a little bit as well. So just keep an eye out for those things. But um, we do have some NFL football to talk about. We do. Um, it's a little bit in the rearview mirror, uh, but oddly enough, I, I did receive a text today that, um, one, I think this is really cool, uh, but I got a text that said, hey, when's the episode coming out? Oh. Uh, because I, I want to hear uh, Owen's thoughts on the Colts game. Um. So we'll start off there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I hate to start off on a sad note, but yeah, um, I, I you know the more I've stepped back and looked at the Colts season, like I'm I'm finding it hard to justify being overly upset as like if I was a Colts fan. Um, so I'm curious, like how you're feeling now that we're a couple of days removed. You're you're staring down the eyes of of playoff football. What that game could have meant um, as far as like winning the division. Uh, so just. Opening the floor to you, tell me how yeah. Owen Smith is feeling, um, how, how you think Colts Nation is feeling right now, um, and, and uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Well, I, to be completely honest, pretty bipolar in my thoughts on it, um, and it, it, it varies on the day um, since then because there's the, to your point, there's the side of it where it's like, hey, everybody was saying 3 and 14, 4 and 13, 5, like, yeah. You know, yep. and, and you guys were four and thirteen last year, and you didn't have your quarterback um, of the future playing. JT didn't play for so many games. The secondary was a mess. It was young. The defense was, you know, there are so many different things. And Shane Sykin is very exciting, and I definitely see that side of it. Um, and I definitely think that, yeah, we are. I'm sitting here in January of 2024, a hell of a lot better than I was in January of 2023, as far as the, you know, Colts fan. Yeah. But the thing is though, and the reality is yes, those were the expectations. That's what we had last year. We were still a nine win team this year, all things considered we were a nine win team and we had a huge opportunity at home, primetime game, Saturday night, that place. I've been to a lot of Colts games this year. You've been to plenty. Um, and I've been throughout the years, right? Like we, we both have experienced Lucas oil. That was the loudest and CJ Stroud talked about it. that's the loudest uh, stadium that I've been in, uh, for, for an NFL game and a long, like, I, I don't even, that might be the, uh, the loudest that, that it has was, been there. it was fun. Um, yeah. so, uh, Hayden and I, my buddy Hayden, uh, He's a big Browns fan, but also just big football guy, obviously with CJ Stroud being on the other side, you know, uh, and us being both being Buckeyes fans, but we both went into that game and I was like, look, we're Colts fans. The reality is Colts win, Jags lose. I get to watch the Browns next yeah. week. So <laughs> I am like, go horse, big Colts guy this week. Yeah. And it was, man, it was fun. He, uh, he mentioned like more times than, than not like how cool the atmosphere was um, and just how He's like, I, I never would have thought of Indianapolis being like this chaotic for a playoff. It, it was it yeah. was just such a it was such a cool environment. Um, you know, I, I feel like it would have been easy to let the wind out of the sails a little bit when Stroud throws like a bomb first possession, first right. play, Nico Collins goes for 75 yards and a touchdown. Like that could have sucked the life out of an in, like uh, out of the stadium really quickly, and fans just kind of bounced back and kept a very 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 uh, high energy that entire time. It was it was a right. lot of fun. Yeah, so it was a ton of fun. I, I had a great time until the, the last play, or you know, the last offensive play for the Colts. But all that to say, like we nine win team at home, great environment. I know that that's not everything, but this is a pretty, it's, it's something right. And it's a pretty even matchup. Like clearly they have the better quarterback, um, but it's pretty even matchup. Young teams, fresh, you know, both rookie head coaches, both missing weapons, but you know, still have like all the pieces and it's a win and in, right. This is a playoff game. 
Um, and just the way I don't know who to blame. I, I think I put more blame on Gardner for that last play, but it's like, also you had your hands on the ball. Like there's, you know, there's multiple factors to it. You take JT out. Like there's so many things that you can blame in that scenario. At the end of the day, it's just frustrating. And like, I get it. I'm glad that there's a lot of Colts fans out there. And and I find myself in this camp sometimes where it's like, well, but what did you expect? It's like, well, again, we were still like, sure. The expectations were four and 13, but we still, it wasn't like we were four and 13 in that game. We were nine and eight or nine and uh, seven. So yeah. like, I also don't want to hear that bullshit. So it's just kind of, kind of frustrating to see like that's the general sentiment. Like it's, I'm sure it's you know think people are positive and like the positive mindset sometimes, but it's also like you can be disappointed that yeah with the team that was on the field and still be happy about next year. And like that's that's kind of the camp I'm living in and um, pretty it's, frustrated with things, especially seeing the damn Jags lose the next day. It's like holy shit, we could have had like hosted a playoff game. Oh like, my that's, god. It's no, I, I think it's okay to zoom out and go, hey, all things considered, pretty good year. It, it's okay to zoom back in and go, man, we're marching down the field and have the it. So I, I'm in the camp. It's the right play call. And yeah, it's just you're, you're a, <laughs> a slight misthrow and a drop away from a 15 to 20 yard gain and being in striking distance to score, kick a field goal to, to win the game. So it's like, I'm okay with the play call. Everybody's like, what, you know, why is it Goodson? Why is, why is he on the field? Why, you know, why don't you have JT? And it's like, look, JT's not that wide open. No, like Goodson's that open because he's Goodson. And like, they mentioned it afterwards. Like we practice this play for this scenario and we practiced it a thousand times. It just didn't like, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. And that happens. Like it happens all the time. I feel bad for Goodson. It is a tough position to be in to like be on the field and know your numbers getting called and you you don't quite make the catch. Yeah. Um for a guy that's not a big name guy. It's not like he's, you know, one of the, you know, Indianapolis's, you know, you know, sweethearts. Yeah. So it, it's uh it, it's tough for him. Um, but I think all things considered you know, if I'm a Colts fan, I, I take a step back and look not just at this season, but what has happened in the AFC South. And I got to think, you know, coming into this season, I think everybody said, man, AFC South is in trouble. <laughs> like Titans are on the downslide. You have Colts with the rookie quarterback. You have the Texans rookie quarterback. And then you have the Jags who are obviously going to be the dominant team in the division. Right. And then end of the year, it's like, Colts and Texans were fighting for yeah. the, the division title. Jags completely fell apart. Uh, like, you know, so the the landscape of the division changed. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk really quickly about uh, Vrabel yeah. no longer being the, the Titans head coach, which, which is an interesting decision, but I think it puts them in complete rebuild mode. Um, so I, I think as a Colts fan, you're like, man, we're, we're back in the fight for that division year in and year out and feel good about the future of the the organization. Oh, for sure. I mean, again, yeah, going 2024, very excited, tough home schedule. I don't know if you've looked at the Colts home game, but there's going to be a lot of games you'll want to go to even as a Browns fan because you, you you get some exciting teams coming in, but they're going to be tough. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel, grew up looking at the Browns schedule next year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. It's this, rough. This year was, you know, Yes, nine and nine and eight. Um, happy about it, but it was a pretty easy schedule. All th- yeah. you know, all things considered. Um, and uh, but next year it's like, well, now the Texans are going to be. You know, Texans made the right choice at quarterback. They traded up to get you know a guy on defense as well with Will Anderson. Then you just kind of have, um, yeah. you know, again a promising head coach there. Jags, we'll figure that out. Um, but it's just like that's not going to be. It's going to be one of the tough divisions. Not going to be fun, but. It's going to be, um, you know, be make for entertainment for sure. And just yeah. uh, some challenging games either way. Yeah. Vrabel's fired, which is wild. Um, which Titans I think it's crazy just, that he said he wants to come be an assistant on OSU staff. Um, I don't know <laughs> he's going to be but, a GA, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you read that fake report, uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it's no, that I, I think it's crazy. Um, 
I, I read an interesting kind of thread on it that it was more so like it's not that they don't believe in Vrabel as a head coach. It was just kind of the um, the outlook on the organization from the head coach versus the GM where Vrabel was like, I want to stay in the fight. I'm not interested in rebuilding. Like you saw that with, you know, keeping Tannehill and not trying to trade him away, uh, yeah. signing D hop. Like you could tell heads were, were budding. Like you trade away AJ Brown in his prime and you've got Vrabel in the room. Like what the hell did we yeah. just do? Like what, <laughs> what, what is going on? Yeah. So you could tell there was definitely some, some issues there. Um, and, and Vrabel, I think now becomes the, 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 hottest commodity in the NFL as you consider a lot of these teams are going to be searching for their next head coach Um, I think the head coach carousel this year is so interesting with the stories that are out there around Rabel Bill Belichick like is he going to be retained as uh, New England's head coach Um, you know and then you have like the Harbaugh rumors of him leaving because you know their national championship isn't going to count those kinds of things yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to keep an eye on those things. And then just before we hopped on, Pete Carroll um, no longer being with the Seahawks, which like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like personally, I can't think of Pete Carroll coaching anybody but the Seahawks. Like, you know, there's guys that look weird in different uniforms yes. when you see them. It's like if I saw yeah. Pete Carroll on a different sideline chewing his bubble gum, <laughs> like for, you know, for the Chargers, I'd be like, that doesn't look right. Well, uh, so the rumor with him or i don't know if it's a rumor if it's just like an official announcement like they're saying he's going to stay on as a team advisor he's yeah, just not a, the coach so yeah i, don't I think, think his, we'll have to do that his coaching okay. days are done but i like yeah. he just is one of those guys where i don't know to me it'd be so odd for him to not be a part of the seahawks organization so um yeah it's gonna to me it's gonna be like when you watch a saints game and sean payton's not there and you're like wait what the Oh, it's Dennis. Allen it still Dennis? feels like that. Like, <laughs> however many years even, later, even if he's on the, even though he's coaching yeah. the Broncos after retiring, it's like, wait, hold on. It, Sean Payton's not the Saints coach. Okay, yeah, it's gonna feel very similar for for Pete Carroll. But yeah, it's wild. It's wild because to your point, like the the coaches that will be available. You know, last year was like a lot of young guys that you know, these teams were taking chances on. You get the, yep. you know, OC and uh, defensive coordinator, both from the Eagles go, you know, Cardinals pick up Gannon, Colts pick up Steichen. You you get D'Amico Ryans to, to Houston. Um, yep. So, like, you know, you had a lot of this young talent, and now it's kind of like, well, you're looking at, yeah, Vrabel and Vrabel. Will, Bel- will Belichick be available for a team yeah. to pick up? Like, th- there's yeah, you know, Vrabel, some of those Belichick, names. Harbaugh, like those those names being thrown around are so different than last year's. Where yeah. it was like, let's roll the dice on this guy who's never coached before. This right. year, it's like, let's go get this guy that's proven he's he can you know he can win. So it'll be fun. Um, <clears throat> outside of the the coaching carousel, um, and, and just one last thing that I have to touch on from last weekend. Um, obviously my Browns were, uh, basically on a bye week didn't really play anybody. Uh, but maybe one of my favorite moments of the entire NFL season, uh, for anybody that knows me or has kept up with me on Twitter, uh, you know, that I am a diehard Jameis Winston Stan. <laughs> can I, can of, I say that, something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were going down the route of Jake Browning's girlfriend and how she took over the Twitter uh, Twitter sphere a little bit with the NFL, and I was a little surprised, and I'm glad oh. that I was incorrect. No, I'm married, so I didn't watch that video 63 <laughs> times. So when I <laughs> that, yeah, it's not bookmarked. Um, definitely not. Uh, no, the the that was also a funny story. Yeah, um, but the the Jameis story of running the ball in victory formation as a team decision and him explaining it afterwards was it was so like authentically Jameis Winston that like I I think at the end of the day like even if you're the the Falcons you're like oh shit that's just Jameis Winston like it's it wasn't a head coach call like it was just him in the huddle like hey guys I know coach said kneel it fuck that yeah (laughs) do you want to score? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so 
just a, a super funny, like, and, and for a guy heading into free agency, like so, somebody is going to sign him as a backup. Mm-hmm. And now that they know in the back of their mind, like <laughs> there's a chance <laughs> that, that he is just going to oh. make a knuckle play head or knuckle head. Okay. Knuckle play heads better. Yeah. Knuckle play head. Uh, so no, I, I have to give shout out to, to my sweet baby King Jameis. Uh, for for that decision uh, but he's we head the, into he's the this. gift that keeps on giving like he's just oh, it, is. it doesn't matter you're like oh maybe Jameis like will be out of the spot like it's like nope he'll find one thing e- even it, if it's in it's, week 18 he'll find one thing to just keep that name out yep, there I love it yep it's love uh it. I the only thing that wasn't surprising is that he didn't try and throw it like yeah. <laughs> to try and throw it to Jamal. Like that's yeah. the only part of that play that wasn't like surprising outside the fact that they actually ran the play. Also, um, before we get to wild card weekend, who says no, Jameis Winston to Browns? I know you don't, but who says no? Um, probably Andrew Barry um, and Kevin Stefanski. No, uh, just, just uh, no. It, it feels like Jameis has a possibility to be a backup to. Anthony Richardson? Question mark. If they is don't that bring, I don't. I mean, if Garner doesn't come back as a backup, you guys are going to have to have a veteran that plays behind uh, Anthony Richardson. I've seen a couple names thrown around, Brissett being one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, that that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on of like who rolls the dice on Jameis uh, heading into you know next year. But either way, it's going to be very entertaining. Um, cool. But I think the Browns kind of keep rolling forward with DTR since he's on a super cheap rookie yeah. contract um, as, as kind of the backup, kind of mirrors the style of Deshaun Watson. Got some experience this year. While it wasn't pretty, he gets a full offseason now again with the the team. So I would assume that's who they roll with as the backup. Uh, and, and speaking of the Browns, you know, we head into super wild card weekend and it is kicked off with the Browns heading to Houston as two and a half point favorites. Um, man, it's it's incredible. Like the Cleveland, I, I know I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, uh, but, you know, for for anyone that doesn't know the story, I, I decided to become a Browns fan. <laughs> Uh, about six years ago, seven years ago, right after their own 16 season, I had never really uh, pledged my allegiance to an NFL team. I did not want to be considered a bandwagon fan. Um, so I, I, you know, went with the worst team in the NFL, uh, kind of the laughing stock. And it has been a, a incredible experience. Browns Nation, I think, is one of the, the best fan bases um, around. And seeing the energy, the excitement from everybody is really cool. Um, and I think they go into a really fun matchup with the Houston Texans, who are hot. Um, you, you go play against uh, a rookie quarterback who has his team winning the division in the first year. They were projected, you know, I think five and a half or six and a half wins was their over under. Um, and now they get to host a playoff game in his first year. Um and so I'm excited about the the matchup. I like the Browns in it. Um, I, I think the experience of Joe Flacco in this position, knowing that he has one of the best defenses in the NFL on the other side of the ball, playing against a rookie quarterback in, in a super high-stakes game, um, I, I, I like the Browns' chances here. Uh, I think life will be... A lot more difficult for CJ than it was, you know, in his prior two games after coming back from that injury. When you're, you know, considering the fact that Miles Garrett's on the other side of the ball, um, and and the Browns secondary is really freaking good. They get yep. Grant Tilpit back, um, so really like this matchup. Um, I'm all in on like the Flacco magic. Um, some of the stuff that he's been saying to the team, um, and and just some of like the the audio clips and everything. It feels so mature Mm -hmm. and the way that he's leading discussions with them um, and kind of their mindset heading into it where um, they expect to win, but they understand that like, this is the the stakes of this game and how careful you have to approach it and how perfect you have to be in playoff football to win games. Like it's not a, you, you can't afford to have a ton of mistakes. Like Flacco's 
not going to have the luxury of throwing two to three picks like he has and still winning <laughs> these games. Like it feels like the margin of error uh, slims down big time. So I'm excited about it. I think you see a really good performance from the Browns um, and, and a chance for them to uh, uh, head into uh, the, you know, the divisional round and and we'll see who they get there. Two and a half point favorites. Who, who do you like in this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Browns. I think that, I mean, CJ last week had no problem being without, you know, two of his best wide receivers. Um, but that was the Colts secondary and that was the Colts not getting after him. Like I fully expect the, the defense to, to lock down the, what the Texans are doing. And then again, I, some personal, you know, some bias into it as well. It's like yeah. I, the Joe Flacco story is just awesome. Like I, it is. I, I've gained more respect for him, and I've I've been exposed to it more probably because of of you and the podcast yeah. and everything. But like, just yeah, to to your point, how he was with how, how he's handled things and just the maturity he brings. Like he he's just an awesome dude. Um, and I just want to see him succeed. But I do think that the defense will be able to lock down Stroud and like you know use some of that experience. Um, against his inexperience there. So yeah, I would, it, uh, I'd feel good as a Browns fan for sure. And it helps like you, you have the Browns, like I said, essentially coming off of a, a bye week, um, in the Texans coming off of what was just like a playoff game, for right? Them. So, yeah. um, they're, they're not coming in with super fresh legs. And I don't, I'm not naive. I, fresh legs is not necessarily a thing in week 18, no matter if a, a bye <laughs> week or not. But, yeah. um, so it, it's, I think the, Everything outside of home field advantage is playing in the Browns' favor here, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm gonna sit back on my couch um, on Saturday and uh, wrestle around with the kids and watch them play off football. And that's not something I thought I was gonna say after the Deshaun injury or even the yeah. Nick Chubb injury early. Like no it, it didn't didn't have that vibe of a, a season. Actually, I take that back. After we beat the Ravens and Deshaun balled out in the second half, I was like. Oh yeah, we're really good. Like this, <laughs> this has all the makings. And then as soon as they announced like season ending, I was like, "All right, like, cool. what am I going to do this winter? What projects can I knock out?" <laughs> all right. um, so outside of that, uh, you know, we got Dolphins uh, at Kansas City. I think this is one of the funniest storylines. Like outside of you know the obvious ones, you have the Dolphins who drop the game to the Bills um, and, and fall into. Uh, you know, not winning the division and the impact of that was that they were looking at hosting a game in 75 degree weather in Florida. And now they are going to play in what might be one of the coldest NFL games in history with a low of negative nine degrees in Kansas city. (laughs) You're talking about an entire 80 degree jump in what could have been for (laughs) Uh, for for the uh, Dolphins because they couldn't uh, close out a game against the Bills. Um, Kansas City is favored by four and a half. I have this weird feeling that everybody seems to have written Kansas City off in a way as a contender or like a, a legitimate team. And I have this feeling they're just going to keep winning games and yeah. we're going to look at the end of the year and, and like it's I, I have Kansas City going into the AFC championship game. I don't know what happens from there, but like it feels like there's going to be some of that like shift of luck a little bit where like you've had the drop passes and like these weird oddball plays and like the just things that have happened all year that have impacted their season. And it's like if those things start to click, all of a sudden we're sitting back going, holy shit, Patrick Mahomes is back in the same spot even though it's been this chaotic, you know, down, down year for them. Yeah. Um, so I like Kansas city minus four and a half in this one uh, with, you know, the dolphins kind of banged up a little bit, lost some defensive pieces, um, not going to be rolling out their, their strongest unit um, in this game. So uh, I'm taking Kansas city and Mike McDaniels has kind of proven he, he's not great against, teams with winning records so yeah, it's so, like the, the trend continues for them yeah that's that's my whole point here is that like they can't beat buffalo they already lost to kansas city this year and clearly that was you know out in that was germany right yeah that was germany 
Yep. Um, got their ass handed to him by Baltimore. Um, it's like, yeah, they, they're the team that bullies the, the teams that are bad and they just do not show up when the teams are good. And yeah, take into consideration that, um, familiar with who Tyreek Hill is, uh, negative nine degree, uh, wind chill, uh, predictions there. Like, I think that, I think that the, she, and just the chiefs, playoff history and, and record yeah, there that's going to be a uh, fun place to like to I, I don't i would assume it's going to be packed but i don't know how many fans are going to be overly thrilled like my thought behind it is if you're going to go to the game you're going to have to scream and yell and jump and all that stuff or you're going to freeze to death in your seat so <laughs> yeah. it should be a, a fun environment and loud yeah. um so i'm taking probably chiefs minus four and a half in that yep. uh, just just feels like when they win um Head into uh, the the final game, uh, not final game of that day, uh, but we have uh, Pittsburgh going to the Bills. Makes me want to throw up thinking about the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the playoffs and like Same. hanging around still. Like they just refuse to like they refuse to take the next step and be really good, but they also refuse to take the step back and just be bad. Um, so they just keep winning um, and, and finding themselves in playoffs and winning records. Um, but this feels like the Bills blow them out. TJ Watt's going to be out. Like you, you've got kind of a really beaten and battered Steelers team going and playing against a hot Bills team that, like, you know, turned their season around completely, rattled off five straight. Josh Allen in Buffalo, Bills Mafia just feels like they. They win this one and win it pretty easy. I've said that it feels like five times this year. And those have been <laughs> the ones that the bills have lost where I'm like, right. can they not just figure it out and like, go, you know, go be the team that, you know, at the beginning of the year, everybody said, Hey, that that's a super bowl looking team. So I've got bills minus 10 in that. Um, it makes me a little nervous. I'm three in a row on favorites. What, how you feeling on this one? Yeah. Well, I'm nervous at the fact that we're Yes, three in a row in favorites, and we're both on the same side of it. That that usually doesn't mean something great, but <laughs> same exactly. That usually means we're going to be broke by the end yeah, of the weekend. It's like zero oh, and three to start off. Cool. Um, no, I it, I'm pissed that the Steelers are in. The Steelers like are the least deserving playoff team. It feels like across both both conferences. So I'm pissed that they're in. Um, and I just the Bills. There's been points throughout the season where you just felt like. They maybe they're losing it. Maybe Josh Allen and Biggs don't have a great relationship, and you know you have the clearly you know fire Ken Dorsey at some point throughout the year, and things have just been turning for him, kicking you know kicking some teams' asses, and um, have had a good resume to end out the year. So um, I I like the Bills to move pretty far into the playoffs and i think it starts it's really with the, tough in this one for me it's like josh allen or mason rudolph like who, <laughs> who, yeah. who do i really trust more in this interesting one? yeah i don't know but yeah I'm, I'm on the bills as well all right let's hope that we might be on the opposite side of each other um i don't know if we're gonna be green, green bay, bay to, yeah green bay so I'll, I'll let you start since so you can quit copying me oh mute, mute monster Oh, Owen is currently getting information from the desk. Um, Seems like we might be getting breaking news. All right, I'm going to lock in on this one. Seems like we might have some technical uh, difficulties. Uh, Green Bay heads to Dallas. Uh, Cowboys have been phenomenal at home, um, and they host uh, a good story, in my opinion, is, you know, Jordan Love stepping into that starting role looks like the guy for them um, had a, a great year, um, but they go into Dallas a uh, tough place to play a seven and a half point underdogs. Um, I don't know what to think in this one because it's Dallas and like, they just have this history of underperforming in the playoffs and big games. And like, so it's, it's tough, but I, everything tells me to bet Cowboys minus seven and a half. Cause it feels like a game that could be like, 35 to 10 before like you blink your eye and it, it also feels like a game that could piss down their leg. So this is like one I, I don't think I'd actually even bet. Uh, but if I had to like throw one on the dartboard, I, I think I might go with Cowboys minus seven and a half. 
I, uh, yeah, my audio cut out. So some editing work that will need to be done. So I don't know I, what I, I, all I missed. I thought but corporate I, was in your ear telling you that we had breaking news or, uh, <laughs> and then I remembered that I, I'm corporate. So corporate. Uh, it could, it could not have, it could not have been corporate. Uh, <laughs> but no, Green Bay, I, I, I will we'll fade each other for the first time, uh, even though I feel the same way. Wouldn't bet this, but we're making picks for all these games for now um, because we can, because we want to. Uh, I'm going Green Bay simply because I do not trust Dallas in any big moment. I've, I, uh, for some reason, have throughout this season tailed them and said, you know what, I'm going with Dallas. They're going to win this one and just somehow – some way they, they lose it of course and embarrass themselves or keep it too close so i'm going green bay i think mike mccarthy uh maybe gets a, a a taste of revenge from the from the uh the old packers there so um yeah. i'll fade you on that one yeah all right i I'm, I'm okay with that like i said not one i'd you know be overly thrilled to bet on but i i like the game uh because of the mccarthy story like i said I'm, i i like the jordan love season as well and kind of how he's handled this situation um so I, I excited to watch this one way more excited about the next matchup yes. uh, which is the one that i think like lions fans were staring down and just praying that it didn't happen um and that is hosting matt stafford in Detroit in uh, a huge playoff game for their organization. Uh, you know, the the first time they've had a chance to do this in a very long time. Um, so uh, Lions currently sit at three-point favorites, um, and, and they're playing really well right now. Was disappointed last week that, you know, in kind of what felt like a meaningless game in a sense, like a lot of things would have had to have been perfect for the Lions to um, to be in a better spot than they already were. Um, and you lose like a guy like Laporta, who's been kind of a, a cornerstone of their offense, or, uh, you know, aside from Amon St. Brown and, and Gibson Montgomery. So it's interesting. The, the matchup is awesome. You get Matt Stafford, the, the guy who I think is beloved by the city, a part of the big trade, went on, won a Super Bowl himself um, shortly after that trade. And now you have this new culture, kind of these new lions uh, with Dan Campbell. Um, I'll, I'll let you make your pick here since yeah. I you know, I had to go four in a row with uh, <laughs> with, with you getting a call from corporate. You make your yeah, pick and, and I'll, I'll, I'll tail. Yeah, so I am going to go Rams on this one. Um, I think that Stafford will get the better of the of the city a little bit, um, and, and still, you know, stay in the way in some ways, uh, stay in the way of them having any sort of success in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. great storyline. I'm. I was. You know, there there were things were inching towards this uh, throughout kind of the last few weeks, and I was like, please, just give us. This is what we need. We, we need Rams. We need Lions. We need it to be in Detroit. Like that's just the perfect storyline with the right. trade and everything. And um, but yeah, I, I think the the Rams will win outright. Um, so, but I'll I'll take a I'll take the the three points that that, that they're given right now for that one. Um, what are you thinking? I'm gonna go opposite. Okay. Can I go Detroit minus three simply because I'm pulling for that story? And I think that the Lions run defense is going to slow down uh, what's worked really well for uh, for the Rams and, and kind of getting the run going and then allowing for that to open up uh, Cooper Cup and Poopy Nakupi. Um, and so I, I. A lot of it's my heart is just like, man, I would love to see Dan Campbell and the Lions like make a run in these playoffs. I think they have the team to do it. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm pulling lines minus three in this, but it's another one of those that like, I don't know if I'd be, if it was a week four matchup, like, I don't know if I'd be overly thrilled to bet on the game, but it's playoff yeah. football and I only get a few more chances to do this. So I'm going lines minus three. Um, and, and then we, we transition to maybe one of the most, uninspiring games of the weekend. <laughs> um, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the Philadelphia Eagles would be traveling 
to Tampa Bay to play against Baker Mayfield. And that I actually felt confident that Tampa Bay could win the football game. I would have like, I, I would have laughed you out of the room because <laughs> I, like I said it so many times throughout, you know, our, our podcast that like, I refuse to believe in Baker Mayfield because there just seems to be enough evidence out there that he's not the guy. Then he kind of turned into the guy this year. Like he was, he played good. It's probably one of his best seasons on, you know, that, that he's put together start to finish since his rookie year. Um, and I'm happy for him. Like he seems to fit in really well there. The team seems to be behind him and the Eagles look kind of broken. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but like you, you were sitting at 10 and one. Yeah. Top of the world. And now yeah. you're, you're, you don't have a home playoff game and you have to go to uh, Tampa Bay and you're only three point favorites. Um, so like the downfall has been hilarious to not, not hilarious. It's not that I have anything against the Eagles, but it's crazy to see how different they are viewed now than they were six weeks ago. It's, I mean, they were, I remember on the podcast being like, Oh, they got the Cowboys chiefs and bills in a row. Like that's a tough part of their schedule. Uh, or and 49ers, I, sh- I should add. It's like that's a tough part of their schedule. And then it's like, no, they they win the first three, and then it, ever since then, it's just like, yeah, like there we you go. we kept on talking about the gauntlet that they had to go through, yeah, and they got through it. Like <laughs> they they got yeah. through it for the most part, and then it just fell apart. Um, yeah, like Jalen Hurts doesn't seem to be making the same plays that we saw last year. The offense doesn't seem to be flowing a- as well. And the defense is just it, it feels like they can't get like the the big plays, the big stops. Um so it, it's crazy to think like I I think I kind of want to go Tampa Bay plus three. Like it's that's where, that's where I'm at. I'm, yeah, I'm Tampa I, Bay plus three. I think I kind of want to go Tampa Bay plus three. I, like it it feels like there's enough bad juju around the like Eagles locker room that like this feels like a real game they could lose. Uh, AJ Brown calls a players meeting, uh, players only meeting, and then they go lose. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, not, not a lot of good juju going around, uh, around the Eagles. So that wraps it up. Um, big weekend of NFL football coming up. Uh, my wife just keeps asking like, when does it end? It doesn't. I'm like, I, I know it's, it's a long season, but we're, we're getting there. Like, Tell tell Barrett and Bo Dad will be back soon. I'm I'm coming. Be um, yeah. Um, no, it's uh it, it's been a really fun regular season. A lot of good stories. A ton of like fun quirky quarterback stories. And now it all culminates in the first round of uh, first round of the playoffs. Thrilled that uh, obviously as a Browns fan get to to be a part of it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be cheering for you this weekend for sure. Appreciate um, that. We'll, we'll see how things go after that, but. Yeah, excited for some, some playoff football. I'm sure we'll have some blogs and uh, and picks of yep. you know outside of just the the straight picks that we made here. Um, so some parlays and, and all that on the blog ftsgambling.com uh, and ftsgambling on Twitter X. Um, and then we will be back with reaction episode next week. Um, potential we haven't hey so a little insight uh fts is a startup company um and we are uh we don't always communicate the the best ahead of time we get proactive or sometimes we get proactive but we're working through it so we'll either way we'll um have an episode next week to recap stuff whether that's monday or tuesday Uh, i'll figure that out and then um we'll be talking about the rest of the nfl clearly not as much college football um as that's you know pretty much wrapped up as far as the overall um 2023 2024 season uh but clearly some more buckeye content to come as, as we go through the the spring and all of that so um that's it for for myself matt any last words before we go no i was actually so i, I had two points and one of them you kind of just touched on and uh like just to not to to get on a soapbox here but this is our first year doing this and like there's been parts of it that like were unexpectedly really hard. Yeah. Like I love writing blogs. I love hopping on and doing this podcast, but like finding the time to do that with two, you know, a, a toddler and a newborn at home, full-time job. Like it, it has been a, 
a challenge, but it has been a hell of a lot of fun. And I think you and I both have a kind of a collective goal that next year we are more consistent, um, yep. better with our content, um, and, and, you know, better communicating to, to you all. So just a big thanks, you know, as we head into the final weeks of this for folks that have stuck around people that are reading the blog, that listening to episodes like that stuff's really cool. And we know we haven't been perfect. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I feel like I've maybe said this a handful of times, but I, I think it's cool as hell that, you know, we have friends supporting us and, and folks yeah. that are tuning into this stuff. Um, so just a big thanks. And, and uh, you know, just a, a note that like, it, I didn't think it was going to be as challenging um, as it was. And like, we've definitely fallen short um, my, myself, you know, particularly in some of the things that I wanted to do this year, but it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and yeah. and to, to wrap up the episode, um, this is a, a longstanding tradition at uh, FTS Gambling. Um, you know, as the CEO and founder, I always want to do, um, you know, recognize my staff for their accomplishments uh, throughout the year. So I, I did want to uh, notify everybody that we have designated a 2023 uh, Employee of the Year. So a big hand for Owen Smith. Let's go. Uh, for, for winning Employee Let's... of the Year. He came in first uh, by a long shot. Good. Uh, Frank got a couple votes. Um, <laughs> Ty Butler, uh, Catfish Carl got a couple votes. Um, so it, it was a, a very closely contested, uh, you know, second place race. But Owen, uh, big thanks to you for everything you've done this year. Uh, yeah. You took the website from something that looked like uh, my my two year old son created. <laughs> Um, and made it look like a well-functioning website. You've manned all of the editing um, and, and podcast and all of that stuff. I just get to show up and yap my uh, yap my little brain out. Um, so just big thanks to you for for everything yeah. that you've done. And we're uh, looking forward to being back next week with uh, with uh, some updates on how the NFL playoffs are shaping up. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I didn't prepare a speech. Um... This is also a longstanding tradition uh, here at FTS. Um, as the CEO the, of the year? Yeah, <laughs> as the employee of the year, I get to name the CEO and founder of the year. Matthew, congratulations. It was not we even We now close. head into our next segment of sucking each other off. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, well, everybody, again, thanks for listening. We'll be back with some more content. Um, and thanks for, for supporting us. See you next time. Bye, guys.